0: While Quebec's election may be all but a done deal With Francois Legault's party holding a sizable polling lead over his opponents It's far from a sleeper election Less than two weeks out from voting day And we've seen a race that upends traditional patterns of support And is focused on controversial issues around languages Immigration and notions of freedom I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3 National Post columnist Tasha Carradin joins me to discuss how Legault has managed to change the power dynamic in Quebec, why the Conservatives are a growing force there, and how this election could have ramifications at the federal level. Don't forget, you can find us on all your favorite listening platforms, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, or even Amazon. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Tasha, we are now clear of the conservative leadership race federally. We've uh, observed the mourning for Queen Elizabeth and had her funeral over the weekend. And right in the thick of all of this is an election going on in Quebec. And for Canadians who may not have been following what's been going on in La Belle Provence, what is the lay of the electoral land heading into the campaign? And has it changed at all since the official start of the race a couple weeks ago?
1: Uh well the answer is not really um the coalition of near Quebec is still projected to win uh the most recent poll aggregator site uh, Quebec 125 um number of seats in in the National Assembly Uh, still has the uh, coalition winning between 80 and 106 seats. So a majority government. uh, They're hovering around 40% in the polls. And um, the real question is the race for second place, which is something that people knew from the beginning. Um, The uh, the most recent poll put the the three parties uh, being the um, Liberal Party, the Conservative Party, and the Quebec Solidaire Party, all in a tie position at 16% the PQ bringing up the rear at uh, ten, and that's really surprising because the Parti Quebecois, as of course you know, traditionally it was this contest has been between, between the liberals and the Parti Quebecois, and this election is is proving to be extremely different.
0: Yeah, and I was I was wondering about that. the The idea for anyone who's kind of looked at Quebec politics over the decades, it has kind of been this back and forth between the Liberals and the PQ. And then we have Francois Legault come in and and win in the last election. And how has he managed to set himself and his party apart from the rest of the field? And why is it no longer a fight between Federalist Liberals and Separatist PQ?
1: Well, this actually, this issue was kind of, um, I guess, the the, the positions of the two party were kind of not settled, but set in a way uh, as of the last election. What happened in Quebec politics is you've seen a shift away from the conversation around separation, sovereignty versus federalism. And that was traditionally the two polls that animated things, sovereignty or separation being the PQ, federalism being the liberals. So if you were a federalist, by default, you would vote liberal. There was no other party. There was was the the Action Democratique for a time, but they were pretty nationalist as well. So more PQ sympathetic than liberal. And, um, you know, you didn't have a conservative party. You had one, it, it was formed actually in 2009, but it was, it really wasn't that on the radar. It didn't make a lot of traction until this the current election. And so what you have had is because of the success, I would say, of the PQ in previous elections in the sense of changing the dynamic, having francophones be able to live and work in French, um, creation of a French professional and uh, economic class business class things like bill 101 which you know while unpopular with the anglophone minority and understandably so did create an environment where french became the dominant language so the success of the parti québécois since 1976 in doing that essentially paved the way for their demise because separation was no longer seen as necessary by the next generation of politicos to achieve quebec's goals and therefore now the dynamic is the cac came up the middle in a way in the last 10 years and uh, last time around it won a majority government and it's it's projected to do so again
0: now as you as you mentioned the, this is the first election since the creation of the the conservative party of Quebec where they're really starting to catch on with voters, and I can imagine that that changes the the electoral calculus for some of the other parties. Why do you suppose they're finally appearing to catch on with voters?
1: Well, um, the the leader of uh, of the Conservative Party, Éric uh, first of all, is a is a charismatic guy. He's well known in Quebec. Uh, he was a former radio host, and he was very outspoken during the pandemic on things like mask mandates and um, vaccine mandates. He criticized uh, Coalition leader François Legault, the premier heavily on this, and he amassed quite a following based on that issue. Uh, But he has since sort of transcended that and taken it to the larger conversation, similar to what Pierre Polyev did federally around freedom. So, you know, the slogan is libre chez nous, which basically translates to freedom, freedom at home. Uh, It's not the exact English translation, but basically for Francophone voters, it's the sense of freedom that's been brought into the conversation And that is what he is appealing to. He's appealing to a sense of smaller government, lower taxes, less government involvement in general, less regulation. Uh, He's even talked about raising speed limits to 120 kilometers on the highways. You know, it's not an issue that you usually hear a lot of traction about, but um, he's appealing to the electorate that feels that the government was too heavy handed. And so that I think accounts for a lot of his success.
0: Now, is the the fact that he's kind of raised the profile of the conservatives and he's talking about some of these issues around freedom, has that changed the tone or the tenor of of what may otherwise have typically been a, a regular provincial election where people are talking about healthcare and education and things like that? Are we seeing more of these post pandemic debates around ideas like freedom and mandates and and all of that?
1: Well, he is talking about freedom in healthcare as well as a choice in healthcare, having more private sector engagement, um, which is along the sort of freedom line. But one of the biggest conversations right now in Quebec is actually around immigration. And it is a conversation that le- the leaders are having. It's not clear from the polls that that is a really top of mind conversation for the average Quebecer. But it's because there are a couple of pieces of legislation that the Coalition Avenir Quebec brought in, uh, notably Bill 96, but also Bill 21 before that. Which have restricted the rights of immigrants. Uh, Bill 21 being to wear um, religious headgear or religious any sign of religious symbols, which mostly affects uh, new Canadians and immigrants, but also people who are already born here who may want to, you know, wear either a headscarf or a kippa or anything. You you can't do that now if you're working for the provincial government, and that's been very controversial because. You could be a doctor, you could be uh, an educator. You're not necessarily just a civil servant in the sort of typical behind-the-desk sense. So people feel that in a lot of careers, their aspirations are blocked. Uh, It's been a big point of contention. Bill 96 goes further to protect the French language. It's a piece of legislation that would mandate increased use of French at work, even for very small companies. Um, It also would insist that uh, immigrants integrate at a faster pace. It would limit the number of students that could go to English language colleges in the province. So it's seen as as very restrictive and the other parties are opposed to it. Um, You know, the the, the PQ doesn't think goes far enough, big surprise. Um, But uh, the The Conservatives are against it. The Liberals are against it. Immigration, levels of immigration, the role of the French language is a big piece of this conversation. So that's kind of, you know, that's actually been the the dominant themes that have come out of the last debate. And there's another debate this week. So expect to see more fireworks on that score.
0: We'll be right back. Looking at immigration, I am curious, you know, out here in Alberta where I'm recording and and even in places like Ontario and other provinces, we're seeing an issue around businesses not being able to fill vacant jobs right now. And I'm curious, you know, are there concerns in Quebec along the same lines? Are, Are Quebec businesses worried that if... The CAQ wins again and limits the number of immigrants into Quebec that they may struggle to fill unfilled vacancies?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, There's some business groups, I believe, have called for 100,000 immigrants per year. Um, Right now, the CAC has limited to 50,000. And they said they're not budging from that position. Their issue, as they say, is integration. And in fact, Francois Legault has, has been on the hot seat for, for comments he made saying that uh, immigration is linked to violence and extremism. He walked those com- those comments back. But there's a clear sense um, that the government – does not want to jeopardize the advancement of the French language simply to get more people in the door to fill those jobs you're talking about. Um, that's the balance Quebec's always had to make. It's it's trickier to get people there's a smaller pool, obviously of people who will speak French who can come to to immigrate to whatever country they're going to, be it um, you know, a province within Canada or Canada itself. So really they're fishing in a smaller pond uh, for people who already know the language. So you're getting people who don't know it. And the idea is we're gonna teach it to you. Your kids are going to go to school in it. We're going to make you French. And the uh, the problem with that, of course, is that it doesn't um, necessarily succeed in every single case. Uh, people also then out-migrate from Quebec to other provinces. So they come to Quebec and then leave. It, it, so businesses are struggling. You're absolutely right. And it, just like everywhere else, but this is an additional layer. So it's become an issue of contention as to what are the levels? And they're being debated between the parties? What are the levels of immigration that, that our province should have?
0: If we look at some of these issues that the CAC have, have been most controversial on, and you mentioned a few of them, Bill 96 and Bill 21 and and immigration, why does it appear as though Francois Legault has such a stranglehold on this election? Is it just that the parties aren't able to present themselves as a viable alternative? Is it that there's too many conflicting views among the opposition? Or is it, or is it just that Legault that is speaking to a a segment of the population in words that they want to hear right now?
1: Um, it's a combination of factors. First of all, um, the CAC has really, like I said, supplanted um, the, the traditional two parties, the liberals and the PQ, which you traditionally split the vote. The CAC came up the middle because it is it is composed of people. I mean, François Legault is a former PQ cabinet minister, right? He was a former separatist, but it's composed of people Kind of from both camps uh, politically, it's nationalist, but he said, I'm never having a referendum, but he's going to fight for the rights of Quebecers and the whole immigration piece and all that is part of that conversation. But at the same time, um, federalists feel comfortable in the party as well. So the result is that you've got four other parties you know, vying for space. So he's dominating with around 40 percent, 38 to 40 percent of the vote. Um, And the distribution also favors him because the the conservatives, for example, um, some polls have them as high as 17 percent. But they are concentrated in the Quebec city region. That's really like federally as well. So it's not a lot of seats they could potentially get with their vote. Um, The liberals, same thing is they're concentrated in English Montreal. That's always been their, their bailiwick, but now the CAC has made inroads there. The conservatives are trying to make inroads there too. So it's not clear how much their vote percentage is going to translate into seats. Um, And Quebec solidaire really, they ate the PQ's lunch um, in the sense of getting the sort of left wing soft nationalist vote. The, the PQ is still hardline. We want to have a referendum. They're still talking about that stuff. But frankly, their electorate's aged out. So they're talking to a much older generation. The younger folks are not on board. Um, the result is you've got a real division about, you know, so so the the CAC is profiting from that. People feel safe with it. Frostwell ago had really high approval ratings during the pandemic as well for his management. So uh, it, it's pretty much a done deal. They'll be reelected. But everyone's really looking at who's going to come second. That's the real interesting thing.
0: Now, you know, for, for Canadians who may not look at other provincial elections as important to them, why why does this election matter to Canada as a whole? Or, I guess, why should it matter to Canada as a whole?
1: <laughs> um, well, it should definitely matter because it's going to affect the way the three English Federalist parties and also how the, the bloc probably approaches things. But to, to talk about federal parties, um, the, the federal Conservatives will be watching very closely to see how Eric Jurem succeeds. Uh, with his push for freedom, because he's mirroring what Pierre Polyev did federally during the leadership. So how is that going to translate into seats? Where are those votes going to be? Um, that's going to, I think, inform how the federal Tories approach Quebec for the next election, and maybe also how they approach things in the rest of the country, too. Um, the federal liberals, uh, their challenge, of course, is, you know, there's a legal challenge to Bill uh, 96. There's also a legal challenge to Bill 21. That's, you know, it's along are they going to get embroiled in that? Um, because if they do, then obviously the supporters of it, Kat Keese, may not look favorably on the Liberal Party and the Liberal government. So, you know, they're in the hot seat because they're in government. They could intervene. The other parties don't have to do that. Um, so that's going to be a question for them. And the NDP, I mean, they have since Jack Layton left in really, I mean, can he passed away, been in, in complete decline in the province. They're appealing to the same sort of left-leaning votes that Quebec Solidaire likes um, but the stuff that's being said, some of the comments about race, some of the comments, um, you know, about uh, about even well, there was the 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 N word was spoken twice in the context of the title of a book, which which has that word in the last leaders debate by the leader of Quebec Solidaire and the PQ. So, you know, um, the NDP is going to have trouble squaring that circle because they are very strongly in favor of immigrant rights and, and they would definitely be opposed to, to that and to racism of all kinds. Um, and then there's the block, too, which, you know, the block is is sort of the parking lot for Quebec votes federally. Uh, but if the peak really, really falls apart, how's that going to affect them? Right. Will they not have the money to to mount strong campaigns? Um, it's it's gonna I think it's going to be very significant. So, yes, again, Alberta. You know they hate to hear this. You've got to pay attention <laughs> to Quebec. It's it's important, folks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, I guess the last question then, like. Could this vote be seen as a bellwether for how the votes could break in the next federal election or or because the parties are so different at a provincial level in Quebec that it doesn't necessarily apply? And as you mentioned, there's a lot of complexity there, whether it's, you know, the the PQ collapsing and how that affects the BQ or, you know, the the liberal fight against the CAC. Is it easy to kind of say, okay, well, the PQ fell apart so we could watch for the, the block Quebec water fall apart, or is it not, it's, it's not that simple.
1: Oh, no, it's not that simple because the bloc, I mean, the PQ has been trending down for a while now and the bloc is still there. Uh, Like I said, it's kind of seen now as the Quebec first party. It's not seen as a party that's going to have a referendum. Obviously, they don't have the jurisdiction to do that. And they're, they're not as militant. They basically simply defend the province's interests federally. So unless you have a federal party that's seen to be a bigger defender of Quebec than the bloc, people won't Opt for it because they say, well, you know, it's just safe. We'll just vote block. They're not going to do anything, right? They're not going to do anything bad. They're not going to. So if they don't like Justin Trudeau, they could they could vote block even if they're federalists because they're not worried necessarily that it's going to it's going to take the 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 out of the country. Um, and if they're uh, previously with the conservatives too, uh, the conservative party has not been very strong in Quebec, so the block has has eaten away at their vote. So really, the key is to succeed in Quebec is breaking through that block electorate. So what's that electorate looking for? That's what I think the federal parties have to take into account as well. And this election, I think, will tell them a lot because, you know, you can overlay the polling, you can see where those votes went provincially, and that will tell you based on the themes that those parties had, what you might run on in the next election as well.
0: And we'll all see how we'll see how that all shakes out on election day. Tasha, thanks very much for your time.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Take care.
0: Ten Three is produced by Tyler Dawson, theme music by Bryce Hall, Thanks to my guest, Tasha Carradine. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.